Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers Podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and I have my old buddy, my old pal and we haven't had you on for a while, Pete. And the last time we tried to have you on, Peter, Peter Jones at IT Hedgehog. Um, your your headset mysteriously didn't work and I don't know whether it was the pre-call shenanigans that was happening because me and Daryl usually lead this in with some pretty... You know, Monty Python style stuff. What happened, Pete? I mean, you know, address the conspiracy theories, please. I, I've, I have no idea. My headset was about as effective as, as Mason Crosby's field goal attempts, but eventually it came well, right. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> straight in with the boot. <laughs> but, but, uh. but I'm, no, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back, Steve, to raise the average age and lower the average IQ of the podcast. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true, Pete. Uh, you know, although we did compare notes and pre-prod, and we have got kind of the same. I think we've been copying off each other's tests, or <laughs> we just both watched the game. Uh, so there's, there's, there might be that. Come on, we have to talk about it. I guess you mentioned them. You brought them up already. Um, according to most online sources and talk radio and talk uh, TV. Uh, Mason's done, uh, Pete. Mason's absolutely done. Um, because let's face it, right? We've never seen this happen before, <laughs> Lions, and we've also never seen him have a full year of the yips. Now, if I may, before you tee off on Mason with the kicking tee here, what I would say is I did an analysis back then. Do you remember that really bad? Who can forget? I suppose that really bad year where he couldn't score anything. Um, and I did a podcast back in, God, I don't even know what year that was when they stuck with him and he took a pay cut and all this type of stuff, which I thought was unfair. But McCarthy was asking him to kick from like 50 yards plus more than any other kicker in the league, which was what I put down to, you know, the low percentage and all that kind of stuff, which obviously impacts his confidence. Pete, um, you know, there's the stat out there that this type of stuff hasn't happened since the AFL-NFL merger was it shocking to you? Are you reading too much into it? Uh, where is your head at with uh, Money Mace? Yeah, it was it was surprising rather than rather than shocking. You know, he'd hit, I think by then twenty six or twenty seven straight. Yeah, um, and it is reminiscent. Of, you kind of alluded to it. it's reminiscent of that Lions game a couple of years ago when they missed he missed five field goals, I believe, in that game and an extra point, <laughs> and then and then and then you know went on this great run and it's been on a great run for the last season and a half or so um so i i think right now i think we just have to put it down to 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 one of those days you know if you look at if you look at the bigger picture of what of what crosby's done over the last well all, all of his career but particularly you look at the recent stuff you know he's made all those field goals when the game's been on the line he's kicked them he had a bad day at the office mm. now if if that continues to happen you know, over the the next few weeks, then then I think it's right to start asking questions. But I think it's it's not right to just jump on. He's done. He's finished, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, off the back of one bad day. But Peter, if we were in the paid media segment, I mean, we'd have to almost contractually be obliged to uh, overreact here, right? <laughs> because that's the way this works. <laughs> you know, it's just it's nonsense, really. And this is where. You know, it's like investments. You can't just invest and go, why am I not a millionaire yet? You need to invest. You need to wait. So as you say, it's definitely wait and see. One thing that really intrigued me was, and I think that it was raised, but I don't think I haven't seen it raised in this context. It's kind of a telltale sign when, because everyone talks about, oh, this was crazy. I've, you know, this amount of kicks has never been missed. It's not sort of a key as to the conditions as to so many kicks were being missed and so many kicks were going wide left. 
So if you look at Mason, I mean, pretty much all of his kicks, if not all of his missed yep. kicks, went yep. wide left. So he must have had some sort of wind or... Um, he did sort of as the leader that he is he tried to own up after the game and the press are saying oh well I picked the wrong line or that's on me or whatever but it looked like you know because that's what I think is painful about the kicker that people don't sort of uh, realise and it's only that I've had Mason on uh, the pod a couple of times humble drop um, that um, I didn't mean to come across like that but I just have to add it in case people think I'm being schmoozy um, is that you know a kicker has to that's why the flags are on top of the post. They need to examine the wind conditions and Mason has been brilliant in Lambo with that sweeping wind across certain end zones and all this type of stuff. You know, he's famous for that. So the fact that every kick that he does make is a calculation of sorts and he makes all of them and then when he has one bad game and they all go off to the left. But the fact that the rookie on the opposite side, Pete, was having the same issues. Yeah. And the one he had went off the right upright, which to me seems like he was trying to compensate for that sort of, you know, right to left wind that was pushing all the kicks to the left. And then the other one that he missed went over the flag on the left side, which tells me that there must have been some sort of condition there. Because we saw that happen with Crosby. I think, as far as I remember, and again, this can be a kicker's podcast. I mean, how exciting um, is that when Crosby was talking about that Lions game, it seemed like every kick that he then subsequently tried to make, he tried to read the conditions. And when he would kick into the wind, the wind would suddenly die. And then all of a sudden the ball would go off to the right or left or whatever. So as you say, I don't think it's time for overreaction. Um, the only person I think social media are allowed to overreact to uh, with just mindless um, abandon is Kevin King. Um, so what did you think about Savage's play that he missed but ultimately it was Kevin King's fault there Pete uh, <laughs> what do you think about that buddy yeah I, I mean absolutely on Savage you know it's, it's it's very clear when you look at that look at that back you know that they're playing um, quarters coverage un- underneath so 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 Kevin King's got in, in zone in zone coverage along the left left sideline hmm. and you know you've got two safeties got two safeties deep it's absolutely Savage's Savage's play to make yeah um, you know, and, and, you know, when you've got those two safeties deep, Savage has to make that play. Yeah. So that's, that is his job. And he has to, he, he has to make that play. Um, now I know, you know, from the Bengals perspective, that wasn't the way the play was drawn up because, you know, Burrow escaped out to the left and then out to the right. And at that point, um, you know, Chase basically ran a nine, a go, a, a go route to get to get open down the left sideline. So it was a nice play from Bengals' perspective, but absolutely on on Savage. Um, Kevin King gets a gets a gets a lot of heat, but that was definitely not on King. And and I think that King played not only his best game of, of the season, hmm. and I know he's you know he's missed a couple of weeks, um, but probably his best game in a season and a half. Yeah. I felt the same watching the game. It looked like he was up to the line of scrimmage when he needed to be. He was putting in good hard tackles. He was wrapping up and putting the player down. And when I saw that about... that, I think the assumption... And look, I can understand this because Kevin King has at times been absolutely shocking. He's come back this season and hasn't covered himself in glory. But And that's what makes it hard, I think, for us. Um, although you and I seem to you know, like what we spotted. But it's very easy to have in your mind, Pete, isn't it? The sort of, you know, dog on a player who you just assume is in the wrong. And like you'd sort of mentioned before across social media and in pre-prod, 
it depends on how much trust you have in the piggy bank. And when you look at Jair Alexander getting burned or Stokes coming up with an interception and then in the next play being handsy, you know, you're more likely to say, ah, he's a rookie, it's fine. Or, oh, he made a great play, though. He's still a savage player, you know. And it's sort of a get away from... But that savage play, uh, Pete, it looked like it was actually harder for him to miss that ball because he hooked the ball around, which is just... You know, you cannot blame. And that's a, that one of the guys said on Twitter, that was King's fault. I said, it was savage. And he said, yeah, but it's King's assignment. And I'm like, well, whatever you want to believe the coverage to be, which you've said it isn't. Um, well, then if you're in the position to make the play, literally, and it's harder, you just get your head or your body or a finger or a toe in the way. And that would have stopped that type of thing. Um, was it a good play, though, by Burrow and Chase to a degree? And were you impressed with what the Bengals, the Bengals brought on the night, uh, Pete? Because they were sort of seen as that they hadn't faced any good team yet. But it seems like they have some playmakers and Burrow is one tough son of a gun as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yes and yes. It was it was it was a good play. As, as I say, it's one of those plays where where the Packers got some pressure you know, and, and, and Burrow then had to roll out to the right. And and, you know, Chase in essence, got himself open by running, as I say, the nine route down the, down the sideline, which is what you ask your receivers to do, you know, in that kind of, in that kind of scenario. So it was an excellent play. And, and, you know, I think that that offense, you not only the passing game, but when you've got a running game with the likes of Joe Mixon, when he's fully, fully fit, that's a team, that's a team that's going to play tough against the whole of the NFL, you know, and they're going to, and they're going to, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not quite sure, but with an expanded 17 playoff, they could do. But they'll be there or thereabouts, mm. and 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 they're going to give some good teams some good good games. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that disappoints me is that video of Joe Burrow with the goddamn cigar, Pete. I cannot stand, <laughs> you know, and that's why I just I cannot. If he makes the playoffs, and we have another replay of that absolute shenanigans, um, I just can't deal with it. It gives me cringe convulsions. I'm almost on the floor right now and recording on my back um, yeah I just think he's really annoying but he had a thro- have you ever heard of this a throat contusion what does that no. mean did like what <laughs> what happened there did he leave his head in his helmet I know he took that hit and he did look out Pete what, what do you make of that I mean do you think that they sort of looked at him and said your grant go on <laughs> I mean because to me he looked lights out when he took that hit again from Ergoy Campbell who was making a block downfield shed the block and then turned around and put Burrow on the ground after Savage sort of made that really clean hit to put him in the air. Um, but he looked injured. And then, I guess, the, the natural segue, if you will, is onto just the outstanding play of of Campbell. He's, he's He has been... I said to pump the brakes a couple of weeks ago on the pod because everyone was already ordaining him, but I can really see it now, Pete. That guy is incredible. Yeah, and he's the... He's the you know the inside middle linebacker that we've been looking for for a, for a quite a, quite a number of years. Mm. Uh, you know, still early days, five five games in. But um, the thing you like about Campbell is that he's very disciplined. You know, even if he can't initially make the play, he's right there to make the tackle. You know, in pass coverage, doesn't lose his man in pass coverage, and you know he he can he can hit the hit the hole, hit the gap on. On, on run defense, there's there's nothing yet that you'd look at and say, well, he can't quite do that, or he can't quite quite do that. It's and it's surprising, isn't it, in a way that a player like that who's demonstrated excellence over five weeks, albeit it is just five weeks, but it's mm. demonstrated that excellent. It, it, it's strange, isn't it, that that guy's a free agent coming into basically coming into training camp. You know, hardly a team wants to pick him up. And yet he's, he's a damn fine football player. Yeah. 
It just goes to show, Pete, though, I mean, it's the same with Jalen Smith, is that these players that people look at and they go, he's written off, he's crapped as a reason, this, that, and the other. Because Aaron yeah. Rodgers said that, didn't he, in his post, post-match presser? He turned around, I think he was talking to MVS, he said. And he's like, how in the hell have we got this guy? Because he's just so consistent. Which brings us to the point, I guess, Pete, where, and you've remarked this on social media, did anybody imagine that the defense would be trending higher um, than the offense? Now, there's, there's glaring uh, things there. But Pete, had you predicted this after the rock star year the offense had last year that the D would make this step up under Joe Barry? No, not 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 at all. And you know, midway through, you know, the opening game of this season, even though the offense was struggling badly there, you know, I, I even tweeted about about Joe Barry about you know his previous defensive team's rankings: thirty second, thirty second, twenty eighth, and twenty eighth. I think it was, or maybe twenty sixth and twenty sixth, but. Um, and you, you know, you just felt that even after week one, you felt, well, the offense was really bad in week one, but, but given its history, you kind of felt that, well, they've got all of that stuff in the bank and you know that the offense is going to, is going to get good, but there were still, you know, huge question marks over, over the, over the defense. But, you know, in the subsequent four weeks, the defense has just been really solid. And why is that, way. Peter? What do you see? Do you see scheme with Joe Barry? Do you see individual players like Preston Smith and Campbell in there, you know, and Jair, the way he was playing early on, and Stokes is doing a job? Is it individual performance, Pete, or is Joe Barry putting these players in a position to get the best of them? I think it's a bit of both. Hmm. You know, I think if you look at, like, Preston Smith's a great example that you just raised. You know, he's having that really super year that he ha- seems to have every other year in his in his <laughs> in his career, so up yeah. down up down up. So it should be an up year. Um, yeah, he's not getting all the stats in terms of um, you know rushing the passer and getting sacks and the stats that kind of the, you know the media cling on to. But in terms of setting the edge, playing the run, just being very very disciplined and, and disciplined. You know, I use that word about Campbell. That's probably the best word that I could use about the whole. The whole defense, you know, they're going to give up plays. Every defense does, yeah. right? In this in this day in this day and age, but they're just really solid and 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 really disciplined. And they're making generally, yeah, okay, they gave up the play we've just talked about. But other than that, you know, generally they're making teams go 10, 12, 14 play drives to score. Mm. You know, and on the you know, bend but don't break if if you like, um, but also. You know, you're playing the percentages there, aren't you? Is that eventually a team's going to have a turnover, they're going to have a bad play or whatever that stop that stops a drive. Um, so I, I'm just seeing it as really solid. I don't see, you know, it's not a defense right now that's littered with four or five all pros, but it, but players like Preston Smith and and Kenny Clark has come to the table, particularly in the last couple of weeks and been more active. You won't see much on the stat sheet. You know, you're not seeing two sacks here and a sack and a half there, but 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 he's making plays. He's also lining lining up in an end position on a number of plays, which is which is something new. Yeah. You know, with TJ Slayton at, at, at the nose, um, but it just feels like I don't see anything really schematically exciting from Barry's defense. We're not seeing. You know, he's not blitzing every other play or doing something we haven't seen before, but they seem to be a lot more disciplined and a lot and a lot more solid than than they've been in previous years. 
Yeah, to me, they've kind of used the formula that the O had last year in the sense that it used every player to almost play their part. And we saw yeah. Tanya come down yeah. with a good year, Aaron Jones. It's the same. Preston Smith, again, using him fantastically in the run. I think a stat came out today that, uh, you know, he was the best run defender in the league by whatever measure that they use. Obviously, I think the the thing that's wrong with this, and as well as that, look, we cannot downplay the fact that we've been able to perform as well as we have with the injuries that we've had. Now, I know a lot of them impact the O-line. Uh, MVS is wide receiver number two, arguably, is down. You could maybe place Cobb in there uh, in his stead or Lazard or whatever, uh, or Aaron Jones particularly. Um, you know, so Z Smith is out, um, and then you look at Jair going down, and the fact that this team is still able to grind out a win, it looks like everybody's sort of playing their part. And speaking of that then, Pete, if we look on the O side of things, now again, I guess, let me go back here. The D is really bad in red zone defense yep. in the sense that it's non-existent. They're the only team left in the NFL now who haven't been able to get a stop on D in the red zone. Um, and that's put down to aggression, Pete. Uh, you know, I mean, what can change there? What what is Again, you'd sort of look at Joe Barry, right, for not bringing appropriate pressure there. And you'd literally say whatever he is doing up to this point, do the opposite, because whatever he's doing is literally not working. Um, is that something you think that they can solve? Is it a personnel issue? Is it a philosophy issue? Um, have teams figured out exactly what we, package we bring when it comes to sort of a, a squashed field? Or Because it's, it's, it has to be something that we're doing. It cannot be dumb luck, right? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And, and you know, if, if we can see it and every other team can see it and the media can see it, you know that Joe Barry and, and his coaches know about it. And, and you know they're going to be doing every everything they can to work to work on that now whether it's something that they can turn around quickly um remain remains to be seen but there's some plays that i mean if you look at the play where the the back came out the bengal's back came out and caught the touchdown pass in the right flat mm. and Am- and amis didn't get over to make the play but if you look at the play you know there was offensive pass interference on amis amis had no chance of getting out there when you look back at the play and, and the wide receiver, I think it was Chase, but I'm not 100% certain, blocked blocked Amos well before the pass was made. Yeah. And so he had absolutely no opportunity to get out there. Now, 90 times out of 100, maybe that that play gets flagged, um, you know, and and goes back 10 yards, and they quite well might well make the make the stop there. So there's things like that that are unfortunate, but, but also they'll work on, on that. So how do we get Amos in a position where that wide receiver or tight end can't make that block? Um, so, you know, I'm, it's discouraging because between the twenties, you know, the, the defense is playing, you know, as, as we've said, well, solid, consistently disciplined. Um, but I think they'll work it out. I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, they have all the tools, as you said, to sort of make the other team grind out to, to get down in that position. So if anything, and it's not good enough, but I mean, if anything, they're sort of, you know, draining the clock, trying to get these teams to work for it. And as you said, we do see that splash play. You know, we see Stokes coming down with an interception. Campbell himself comes down with an interception. We see uh, them getting pressure and, and causing the quarterback to fumble. Now, let's focus on the offense, because this is really interesting to me. Because the conditions that I see is that Aaron Rodgers, this is his last dance here. If you look at Devontae, the stuff he's putting on tape, you know, it's funny to me that people are like, oh, well, this proves it now. He's definitely the number one wide receiver in the NFL. As if, like, what more did you actually need? You know, it's like those quarterbacks that they see that have won, 
You know, like look at Tom Brady's career, for instance. You can actually slice his career in two, and each half is a Hall of Fame career, yeah. uh, which is which is nuts. And then you see them looking at the likes of. Um, Drew Brees and they, he has all the numbers and people are like well I think if he won one more Super Bowl you'd have to say he's definitely in and you're kind of like no he's definitely in but it's your weird standard that he needs another ring or whatever um, although I do understand that that's important so when you look at this season you know and Rodgers is potentially going to a different team Devontae Adams putting up these as we know number one wide receiver in the whole league uh, numbers and he's it, the offense seems to be overly dependent on him um, and I say that sort of with a bit of trepidation because if the guy's open he's open if he's not open he just tends to be open anyway because I was sort of doing this <laughs> running joke on social media like oh look Devontae Adams is only triple covered so naturally he came down with the play you know so like I was going to just substitute that with like oh look there's 10 players on him so naturally enough Devontae Adams converted for a first down because you just cannot stop Devontae Adams so I think if you have a weapon like that you use it and I've said this in the past you know if you have a Ferrari don't pretend you don't get in yeah. it and drive fast and that's what you need to do with Devontae Adams now we did see opportunities and it's very easy to pick out a play where you know we see Aaron Jones giving him the the option of the dump off sort of the the check down or whatever and then you know Rogers decides to throw that ball down to Tanya now maybe his motivation is is he thinks Tanya's going to come down with it maybe he thinks that there's going to be pass interference which there was in that instance that wasn't actually called for Tanya and we would have just marched down the field then with a penalty and that usually happens anytime you see Aaron Rodgers make something that's not really going to be caught it usually ends up that he sees that the other guy is pretty handsy and getting panicked that Aaron Rodgers is going to make that throw. But let me proffer this TP. Like, here's a player who was MVP, likes to highlight real stuff, goes for the MVP. It'd do him and his career to the next team that he could potentially go on to, spoiler alert, um, that if he, again, put MVP on tape and say, you know, I'm still here and I can still kick some ass. So... It begs the question then, is is Aaron Rodgers going back to kind of the old Aaron Rodgers with his over-dependence on, you know, checking out the runs, going for Devontae Adams, getting silly uh, Madden easy mode numbers because he wants to pad his own stats? Or is that doing the guy, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but is that doing him a massive disservice? And do you think that it's something to do with game planning, Pete? Why we haven't seen Tanyan replicate last year, which was unreasonable anyway, because it was it was a, like leading his position. And Aaron Jones as well, although he's been good and AJ Dillon, his hands have been great, which I know you were sort of saying all along. Is it too simplistic to think that Rogers is more so thinking of him and Devontae's career and going with what works instead of doing what the defense is doing and have everybody play a big part role to get those numbers up? Because either way, we're still winning games. And, you know, there's an argument for both, is there not? There is. No, there, there absolutely is. And, and I, think that, I think that we can't over-appreciate how good Devontae Adams is. Yeah. And, you know, whether he's back with the Packers next year or not, I, I suspect probably not, but we, we shall see. Long time to go before now and, now and then. Um, I, I think you just can't under-appreciate how good Devontae Adams is is and, and and like you say best receiver in the league and you know the best receiver the packers have had since sterling sharp without any without any question mm. and i think when you've got a guy that that that's that good that the quarterback trusts so much it's difficult not to make that guy your first read on every play even if actually the play's not designed to have him as the first read because a you you know, you're the quarterback. You you almost expect Adams is going to get 
open against any 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 coverage. And even if he's not open, he's open enough that you think he's going to come down with the ball every yeah. time. Um, so having a player like that, it's kind of a it's a blessing and can be a curse because as you as you as you allude to it, then it then means that your second read, your third read, your fourth read, or even your fifth read, you never end up going there. And and you're right. There's quite a number of examples where the ball's been thrown down the field. And I think again, it's a similar thing with. Rodgers has been so good for so many years mm. that that he can get the ball into most spaces. And so therefore, a guy that would be covered to other quarterbacks isn't covered in, in Rodgers' eyes. And so therefore, his fifth reader is, you know, the back that slipped out in the flat. Unless that guy is the designed, you know, first or second read in the play, he never seems to go to that guy. Mm. So, you know, so Aaron Jones sneaks out into the flat unless that's the design play to him that play's never going to end up with him even if Aaron Jones is open because Rodgers has been so good you know it, it's not intended as a as a criticism per se it's because Rodgers believes that he can make those other throws yeah and and, and so he's going to go down the field and going to go down the field first um and again, that in itself is a, is a blessing and a curse because you can take a lesser quarterback who will dump those passes off, pick up five yards here, six yards there, another seven yards there, five yards there. It doesn't make the highlight real play, but the team moves up and down the field all day. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know the answer to your question, but I think that the offense has got some work to do. And I don't know whether it's because of the reliance on Adams, you know, you can't have a guy. You know, he caught what two hundred and six yards in receiving. You know, receiving this this past week, out of out three hundred and something. Um, that's okay. Once once every few weeks, but that can't be the case every week. Mm. Um, now we've seen Cobb come to the fore in the last couple of weeks. So I was asking the question only two weeks ago: Where on earth is Randall Cobb? And he's answered that question in the in in the last couple of weeks, and you and you kind of feel like Cobb is almost picking up the slack for Tonyan. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to your question about Tonyan. I've not, and I probably should have researched this. I don't know whether he's getting as many snaps as he did last year. Um, with Deguara being out last year, I don't know whether Tonyan got extra snaps. And with Deguara being back this year, you know, they've now got Lewis, Deguara and Tonyan, whether he's not getting as many snaps, but he's certainly not as active in the passing game. And um, yeah, again, similar to the defense, you'd expect that's something that they're going to look at. And there'll be a week when all of a sudden Tonyan catches eight balls because he's the, he's the primary guy that particular week. So I'm not, overly concerned about the individuals i i am concerned that the offense hasn't quite hit the peak yet um having said that as you said they're four and one and if they can keep winning games with not quite being there by the time they get to week 16 week 17 and the and the playoffs that's the time to really peak so maybe maybe this is a blessing yeah I mean, what a good position to be in, in the sense that we're saying, look, as long as the defense doesn't regress, but you look at it, the defense and, you know, top 10 and the stuff that they're pulling off, uh, well, 
And then you look at the offense and the fact that they haven't got going yet, yet we're still 4-1. and one. Now, I don't really subscribe to this thing of, oh, when, when Bakhtiari's back and Myers is back and, um, you know, MVS is back, well, then they're going to put up an extra 50. I don't. I think they just tailor the game plan to those players. And undoubtedly, yes, Aaron Rodgers will be standing up a lot more. Um, not that he's doing poorly now because the O-line has been fantastic, all things considered. Um, but, you know, I just think that they tailor the game plan to who they have and they've proven now that they've been good at that. And why I say that is, is that to remember two years ago, the same criticism was leveled at Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and Devontae Adams that he's he has this over-dependence on Devontae Adams. He just, to a fault, will look for Adams and try to squeeze the ball in there. And like what we've sort of said, you have a Ferrari, use a Ferrari, and we've yeah. got two Lambos in the garage here with, you know... Um, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers but when Devontae went down with that injury then I believe it was turf toe well then the numbers that the other guys put up in that couple of games that stretch uh, I mean they were still putting up over 30 points a game yeah. Um, yeah. so it's like what I tell people who are learning how to drive is that it's a dumb thing to say and it's, it's what I fell into as well to say oh if you pick up bad habits when you're learning to drive well then you won't pass your test if you're smart enough, you'll know the stuff you're doing is bad, but easier. And then you'll be able to correct it when you need to. And I think that's the case when it comes to Devontae Adams is that, yes, it's not ideal. Uh, you know, if you let the steering wheel spin back after going for a corner and don't keep your hands at 10 and 2, it's not the ideal way to go about it. But if it's working, keep doing it because that's what this game is all about because you never know when you won't have a Devontae, be it next year or be it this season with injury piece. Yeah, no, ex- ex- exactly right. And, 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 and you know you could look at this from the converse point of view. If if Adams wasn't catching all of these passes, we'd be having the conversation. Well, where's Devonte Adams? Why are yep. they not throwing to him? Mm. So it's just it's just about balance, isn't it? And and you, and you tend to think that as the season progresses, that ba- you know they'll find that balance. There'll be weeks when, like I say, Tonyan catches eight balls or six balls, and Alan Lazard catches three or four deep balls or whatever it might be, and it finds a balance over the over the course over the course of a season and. And, you know, you're right about the offensive line as well. I mean, how solid have they been considering every week, you know, there's a player going down, it feels like, you know, Bakhtiari at the start of the season, you know, Elton Jenkins, now Josh Myers is down. And, yeah. and you know, and, and, and you're right, even when Bakhtiari and Jenkins come back, that means other guys are going to move around the line and it's going to take some time for all of that to gel. So to be... To be where they are at four and one, knowing that you know you've got Bakhtiari and Jenkins to come back onto onto that line, and Myers back when he's you know when he's fit again, it it it's just a great position to be in. You know, it's fantastic to be four and one, knowing that you haven't yet played a great game, if you like. Yeah, which is frightening too when you think about it, because you always think you know you're one game away from a silly defeat. You come up against the Bears, and then the defense doesn't quite get the job done, and because the O is a little bit sucky, which is not I'm not saying that, but it, you know it, that it can all go to ham and ha- handbasket, and that's kind of what we saw against the Saints. But I'm glad Mason Crosby had a his bad game, which was his version of his own little Saints game. And then we're going to go on a blistering run, the same as the way you described the Lions. I mean, you know, the consecutive field goals and the sort of performance that he's put up since that Lions game gives him a bit of a kick in the arse, I guess, in that sense. But it's super promising and just it cannot be underplayed how much of a weapon Devontae Adams is in the sense that we finally have, and we've had him for a while, but it's even more evident this season, isn't it, Pete, that we have that player that used to drive us mad on the Packers' defense like Megatron. We have a player who 
you know, I know, the defense knows, everybody in the stadium knows, the analysts know, Tony Romo already knew last week what Devontae Adams is going to do, where Aaron Rodgers is going to go with the ball, but they still can't stop him, which is absolutely unbelievable because the resources then that that starts to suck in and give everybody else a chance. So exactly like you say, we'd almost expect and be shocked if the other players don't get more opportunities, but if sheer virtue that they're going to have triple coverage on Devontae Adams, which is going to leave a gaping hole somewhere. Um, as well anything else about this game Pete that gave you sort of pause um, or anything that you looked at and said I was impressed I know you did mention on social media AJ Dillon's hands for instance yeah I mean yeah I love I love AJ AJ Dillon anyway and and I think that you know I think he'd be a full-time starter on on some other teams in in this league you know completely different back obviously to 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 Aaron to Aaron Jones but Mm. you know Dillon caught very few balls at Boston College and there was all of this stuff when he came out into the draft a um, couple of years back, 2020, that that well, he was he's not much of a receiver and he's and he's not this and he's not that. Mm. But it was all about the fact that he never had those opportunities in college. And you'd said that at the time, I believe it wasn't the draft guide. You said just because he yeah. hasn't done it doesn't mean he's not good at it. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing you always have to be careful of when you you know you assess guys. You look at their stats and you can read too much into in into stats, but. I just think Dylan is an, you know, a really good all-round back. You know, excellent, obviously running between the tackles. It's quicker than people give him credit for as well. You know, you don't expect um, a back of that size to be hugely quick. He's not Aaron Jones fast, but but he's quicker than people give him give him credit for. And his, you know, his hands are superb. And that, mm. you know, the touchdown pass that he caught was 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 fantastic. And and I, and I just think that the one-two punch that you have with him. And, and Aaron Jones and yeah, it's going to be something that holds you in great stead throughout, throughout the season. Um, you know, and the third back Kylin Hill is ex- excellent back as well. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think it's just a matter of time. You know, we saw Jones break out that 57 yard run late in, late in the game. And you just feel like, you know, they're going for three yards here and four yards there and two yards here and three yards, but you just get the feeling that, that running game is about to break out mm. and you know probably it just requires more gelling of the offensive line once we get through this injury situation and i think that running game is just poised to to break out yeah i have to agree because when you see aj dillon like you say a 10 they tend to use them in sort of third and short fourth and short um where they sort of need a little bit of chunk yardage yep. just to get over the line whereas there was one play in that game i don't know when it was i'll have to go back and watch it but it's when he got to the next level and it looked like he was about to take off the acceleration and the power was almost yeah. unstoppable. You could almost, I almost fell off the couch uh, just looking at him because, you know, the power sort of emanated from the TV because I just think, Jesus, all he <laughs> needs is, is just a... So, so strong he knocked you off the couch. Off the couch, yeah. I mean, that's, look at the size of his arse. But, it's, you know, when you look at that and I saw it, I was like, all he needs is a bit of daylight and that guy's absolutely gone. You know, it's sort of a la Marshawn Lynch where... Uh, now again, it's very hard to compare sort of a, a guy of his of his status, but it's that sort of gave me that vibe of, you know, once he gets a bit of momentum to him, he's even harder to stop. And didn't we see that in his highlight reel from his college days where he would be carrying five dudes into the end yeah. zone? I just yeah. think he needs some of that. Is there any players uh, other than the ones that we've mentioned, Pete, that sort of impressed you, or is there any other players that you've looked at and you expected more out of? Um, I guess. I'm not. I'm not disappointed, but we just we haven't yet seen a lot of Amari Rogers. Yeah, and and I think that's just because 
Um, it's just taking time for him as a rookie to to learn the system and and to get playing time. Mm. You know, he's stuck behind Randall Cobb, if you like, on the on the on the depth chart. So, I think that's just somebody to continue to watch as the season goes on. As I say, I'm not I'm not disappointed. You know, we'll just see how that how that goes. I mean, there's there's the odd player on defense that are kind of concerning, but you know, generally speaking. Um, no, I, I can't think of I can't think of anybody. I think even Royce Newman, who's struggled in some games earlier in the season, I thought he played his best game mm. Sunday. Just just gone, um, you know, at, at right guard there. So I thought, I, yeah, I think um, no, I don't think I don't think there's 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 anybody else. We haven't seen a lot of Alan Lazard, but again, I think that's because there's been a lot of targets at Adams and, and Cobb in the last couple of weeks, and I think that Lazard will have his day. Yeah. As, the season, as the season goes on. So, no, I'm not really, there isn't anybody that's really that disappointing to me. Yeah, and as you say, I mean, it seems like we've only just, we've got the starters. We haven't even got the main course yet because we usually get that sort of two or three Alan Lazard games where it's 100 yeah. plus yards. The game that springs to mind to me is the Giants game there, I think it was two years ago now, um, that he was just, he just seemed always open. A player that of intrigue for me in that regard is Stokes. Because, you know, we see him come down with some splash plays. We see some excellent coverage. We see some pass interference. We see him get burned on a couple of things as well. But here's a rookie and here's a guy who's been targeted a ton because he's been on the field. Um, And of course, that's where you're going to go. So I think, Pete, maybe you're under the same impression that you're going to get more mistakes and more brain fart moments from A, a rookie and B, someone who's targeted all the time. And he seems to fit that description so far in his uh, very young NFL career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when he's playing opposite Jair Alexander now, obviously Jair is injured now, but you know he's, he's gonna he's gonna get those he's gonna get those targets, and you know, and the biggest downside you like, if you like, that I had on him coming out coming into the draft was was he was handsy. Yeah, and you know he's not suddenly going to change that. So that's just a you know it's a le- it's a learning process that will be about learning what he can and can't get away with. And, and let's face it, you know, every corner in this league, no matter how good they are, whether it's Charles Woodson or Eric Stokes, are going to give away pass interference penalties. That just happens. Yeah. Right. Particularly with the way that that, you know, that penalty is called these days. But but Stokes has been better through five games than I thought he would be. Um, and, you know, it's great speed. Um, plays the ball well. I think he's done a good job of playing the ball. Needs to work on his tackling. His missed tackles are probably his biggest issue yeah. right now. But yeah, like like I say, I'm I'm higher on him now than I than I was when they when they when they drafted him. And he's a rookie, so he's yeah. going to have some. He's going to you know he might have a bad week in week nine. That's going to happen. And you know, it's not an easy position. In fact, it's one of the most difficult positions to play, even if you're a, you know, even if you're a Jalen Ramsey or whoever, you know, a Jair Alexander, you're going to have plays where, where, where the guy just beats you. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right to, to, to raise him. It's been really, like I say, better than, better than I had hoped for at, at, at this stage. And if he continues that track and, you know, and Jair comes back, um, you know, you could potentially see that as a, you know, as the Packers corner 
tandem for the next five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff. There's some sort of stats for certain positions that drive me crazy because at the same time as being frustrating, they show that the person was in that position to do it. And one of those is missed tackles. The fact that they're <laughs> in the position to make the tackle, they just don't, is really frustrating. MVS who's unfortunately injured now, the fact that he was in that position, has that speed to make that catch, but doesn't, is the stuff that drives me insane. But it's it's not too bad, because as you say, he can work on the fundamentals, he's going to get experience, he's going to bulk up, no doubt, um, as well. And all of these factors will come into it where he'll be sort of more confident. But look, it's um it's a good win uh, against the Bagels. It, it got messy, but again, it was a team that sort of proved themselves on defense to were fantastic against the run coming into that game. And the fact that we were still able to get the game plan off, because that was my concern, was that if we sort of, if everything's done off the uh, run, well, then we don't get the pass off because the play action doesn't work. And again, they, they really sort of put it to us in the run game um, in that game, Pete. So happy with it. Four and one. Yeah, Take it all day. Absolutely. And it's one of those games, isn't it, that can easily be a game that catches you out. Yeah. You know, you're coming off a couple of good wins. You've got the Bears next week. It's one of those games that you could, if you're not disciplined, you could easily look past. Yeah. And and that's one of the been the, one of the great things about Lafleur as as a as a head coach of the Packers. They haven't, to to my recollection, you know, looked past the teams that they ought to beat. Looked looked too far ahead. They've tried to take every the old cliche, taking every game as it as as it comes. But it's but that's easily a game that you could you could look past. So yeah, it, it was a struggle at the at the at the end. Um, but yeah, no, I'm re- really pleased with it. And to be Four and one at this stage of the season, I, I think that we certainly would have, would have taken that because I think given, you know, given the fact that you're playing the Saints and the 49ers and even the Steelers in the first first four weeks, yeah, you know, you could easily have seen two losses there, yeah, um, you know, so four and one is is an is an excellent position to be in, yeah, and the fashion that we lost that one is only encouraging to me because we had that sort of arrogant moment per the players. Uh, they come in and they play blisteringly up to this point, despite the injuries that we have. Um, so you'd imagine that, you know, nothing is should stop. I'm going to say going to <laughs> nothing should stop this team from slowing down because they certainly have shown that they have the tools on both sides of the ball. We're not going to mention special teams in this podcast because it's a 4 one podcast and we're going to be happy about it. Um, so, yeah, um, Pete, I'm happy. You're happy. I've been at Steady DNFL. You've been at IT Hedgehog um, on Twitter. And, of course, if you're in the group on Facebook, uh, Pete's a great contributor there as well, bringing all the stats and common sense um, to that group too. And of course, the Patreon draw is going to be drawn this week um, as well. So there's good prizes coming there. And there's going to be another March unboxing video because there is a big old stash of merch coming over en route um, across the Atlantic Ocean all the way from the US of A. Um, and I'm going to be giving all of that away, every single piece of that away to the Patreon subscribers. So make sure if you're interested in that, that you jump on and also get yourself a free tea. But until quick snaps. Hey, are you doing it? I can hear you doing it. I can hear you doing it, Pete. I can hear you doing it. Um, Everyone can hear us do it every week. Um, So that's it. That's from me and himself. Uh, We'll be back again in a couple of days with some quick snaps action. Enjoy the season. Root for the team. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.